minute sensitive subject time this is this is going to be a probably a very very hot topic but again it's not this isn't necessarily um i guess this is more or less our statement on this matter and going through a couple of resources and some got a bunch of bible verses to go through too uh, on this issue, but we're going to go through uh, and talk about divorce and remarriage. And we're going to go ahead and lock everything on this, because like I said, this isn't a debate. I'm not looking to to gain any opinion here. I'm making a statement on our belief, and I feel we've had a couple things it's a really weird subject for us to to talk about, but we've had some things uh, transpire, especially I don't usually like coincide what we're doing here with the podcast and the st- studies and all that with anything that you do on the homeschool side of it. Mm-hmm. But there's... Um, an issue that you had in your biblical womanhood this past week that there were some comments that came up um, on it that were extreme, extremely harmful, especially to our audience. And I know people in our home church personally, this is extremely, um, sensitive to and this got me very very upset about the issue because I feel I feel a sense of obviously a need of of shepherding the people that you know which that's my job and when somebody comes in and says something that's damning to people that are in your flock Mm -hmm. And it's saying that they literally will not inherit the kingdom of God. That sets me off. And that's where I kind of have to draw a line. And I'm going to say no. And I know this is going to, you know, this, this is going to come off as a little harsh. And that probably did. Um, but I, I'm just not going to tolerate anything like that and I'm going to make a case my going to give you my case against it and I'm going to leave it at that I'm not usually hard-nosed on any issues I don't think it's right in the church to do these types of things but at the same time um, we also have the ability to make statements that are biblical truth statements and not have to debate those. I mean, these are, this is the, and I'm, I'm going to give you biblical proof for this and whether you want to take it for whatever you want to believe, that's your own prerogative. But this is our statement, my statement on this matter. And I, I don't know. I know I'm kind of, jumping around here a little bit on this intro but because i'm 
I'm just really, really. Uh, the Lord's calmed me down a lot since last night because it kind of fired up last night. But basically, um, I don't know how many people are familiar with this this doctrine or this issue. Um, but I guess we'll we'll just refer to it as the uh, perpetual adultery doctrine. Well, because let's just go ahead real quick and touch base. The topic is the topic of divorce is where this starts with. Didn't I say that earlier? You did, but let's let's okay. let's look at this real I quick. I just wanted so, to make sure that I didn't take like a five minute intro without I thought I said that earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's what you do. But um the point of divorce and if you've been doing the biblical womanhood study with us, you know, you would see that, you know, too, but do we believe that divorce is okay? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And no, especially and as believers, there should be I mean, divorce goes against so many issues. I mean, there just there's so many things wrong across the board from a biblical stance. No way, no how Christians should not divorce. That's our statement. We do not believe that divorce is okay at all. No, not at all. And I believe that it is. I believe that it is sinful. Period. Yes. Except there's one exception, one exception that Jesus gave, and that was on the grounds of sexual immorality. But even then, it's encouraged. Even then, as a Christian, even then, as a Christian, that shouldn't be your go-to. That shouldn't be your go-to. Because it's, you, but but that's there. So that's yes. the only exception Christ gave. So I I agree with that. But just to make that clear, we do not see a place for divorce for Christians. At all. Within the church whatsoever. No. Absolutely not. So that's the, let's just. Let's lay the groundwork clarify. off of that. Let's, I mean, because it's, I mean, we, we have numerous passages in scripture where we know that this is something that is God, God does not approve of. Yes. And all throughout the Gospels that we'll go through most of these passages here speak specifically on this issue. Yes. So, so right off of the bat, we are not there's saying... There's a statement on that. Yes. So before... So that's just across the board, though. Our stance is divorce, absolutely not. As believers, there is no hardening of your heart that should exist that you would go and seek a divorce. If you are, but let's clarify one more point, because yep. again, I've been doing this all week and we're not even getting into the real wacko comments I've gotten this week and resources that we've just straight up deleted because they've been out of control. No, but I will, I, I do want to caution my audience and anybody who comes across this against something that was recommended though on your yeah, comments we'll get to that Hold okay on. so, so we'll i didn't it. yeah so okay I didn't. okay so divorce absolutely no sorry i'm trying to make sure we keep all it's a lot of stuff to talk about divorce absolutely not do not agree if you are in a dangerous abusive situation we are not saying that you just sit there and stay and be a submissive wife absolutely not you seek wise counsel you seek help the point though is the heart of the matter so the heart is not oh he did that yep divorce 
divorce. Like the the hope should always be for reconciliation. And I come I come repentance. from a very very. I didn't have to experience it, but I come from. I only missed it by a year from a very very abusive family. Like, so this is something that is a very very sensitive object, subject to me personally. So, so I will never say out there that if and and this is where i might be liberal with this this is where i might be a little more on the side of people that are that are saying against this is saying that i don't really agree the fact that if i mean if you're in a an abusive relationship where i this person it, it takes a certain type of person to lay a hands on a woman and if they've done it once I know you should forgive them but I think that you've moved into a different category here not I mean this is a that's just for me that's not okay so we will we will say here because Brandon does get touchy when it gets to that topic of it Brandon's I'll just tell you a quick synopsis of history so you guys understand where he's coming from when we talk on this Brandon was a baby when his older four siblings were teenagers his father was insanely abusive. I mean, insanely abusive to his mom, to the children. I mean, he was he was a monster. He genuinely was. He put on the face. They went to church. They did the whole thing. He was... Dude was mental. There's no, there's no praying for him, and it's getting better. He had a mental illness. So he, for years, she stayed and was abused, and everything was awful, and when his older siblings were teenagers, it was kind of one of those, like, we've had enough. We are sick and tired of this. Um, they were staying in a hotel when they decided, like, that's it. We're leaving. I'm not going to go into all the details, but that's it. We're done. And literally, they took off in the middle of the night. And you guys, his mom is barely five feet tall. She's the tiniest little thing. She wears, she weighs like 90 pounds soaking wet type of a deal. Like, my nine-year-old or eight-year-old could take her. You know, she's teeny tiny little thing. And the fact that she was beat within inches of her life over and over again is just insane. Yeah, let me just add the fact that she's suffering, she's suffering currently right now. We are dealing with the effects Part of, of the of abuse is she literally has like professional she, fighters, fighter injuries injuries from all she's of her got meetings. like she looks she's muhammad ali anybody yeah. that that saw muhammad ali's digression yeah is that's, what she is and she's never we're... even she i mean my mom being a fighter that that's laughable yeah if you know my mother yeah so to to if that tells you anything yeah this it's i definitely am sensitive towards this issue so so literally though him as a child i mean straight up they his siblings were like that's enough they left in the middle of the night literally carrying what his one brother carrying him because brandon was just a baby as they were running across the freeway to get on a bus and then his mother lived in fear until your dad died that he was going to show up at any time and i mean that would be it he would kill her i mean she was paranoid it was crazy so yes when it comes to this topic we'll agree that you are touchy when it comes to the subject of abuse um Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, and that's one that is hard. But again, the point should be that you are praying for reconciliation with your spouse. You are praying for him to come to true repentance. Like that should be what you are desiring to have happen in that situation. But I also want to clarify too, on the same hand, I also can make an argument for saying 
Well, my mom did lots of things to place herself in the position that she was in. Yeah. I'm not blaming her for anything, but she did. She, I mean, my family can agree that, and, and if you know my story personally, you you will understand that, yes, she did things to place herself in this position at, yes. against the serious counsel of everybody on the planet that knew her at the time. Told her not to do it, yeah. So she kind of placed herself in this situation. So being in that and getting married and then having children, it's like, hey, you shouldn't have been in this situation to begin with. This probably wasn't the Lord's will for you to go ahead and do this. Yeah. This is where I say sometimes the Lord will gives you free will and he will let you do things against his will, regardless of whether he wants to do it, you know, to do it or not. And he will take you through that. I mean, my mother is a, is a perfect example of this. I mean, she shouldn't have never went this direction, but at the same time, look at what happened in the results. So, you know, through faith and through, you know, constant prayer and regardless, uh, you know, if she was in the crappy situation. But I can't understand the argument, too, of saying, well, she should have remained in this situation. There's no reason for her to break it. It's like even in the abuse, you placed yourself in this situation biblically. If we're biblically speaking here, there's really not an argument for it either. So, did that make sense? I hope I don't contradict myself in no, saying okay. these things no, because I'm sensitive so. to it and I lean more on the side of saying that go get out, you're not meant, you're not commit. I mean, repent later. Like, you know, like No, so the point, okay, the point he's trying to make in all of this that I think now we're getting a little off track is that if you are in an abusive situation, emotionally physically mm -hmm. whatever it is for you you your kids because you need to protect them as well if you are in a situation like that we are not saying that you just sit there and do the submissive wife thing and whatever you can seek counsel you can sure. seek help you can separate sure. again though the heart of the matter there being with a hope for true repentance and reconciliation with your spouse like that is what your heart should be in the matter um and not just i mean look at our culture today guys i mean one little thing and it's at eh, divorce done whatever i don't like him you know what i mean so that's that's the heart of the matter behind it so the thing where we have the big issue now going into this is if you divorce and get remarried are you now living in perpetual sin because scripture states that marrying a divorced woman is an act of adultery. So then would continuing on in that marriage be perpetual adultery? Because how can you say you've repented of that sin, the sin of divorce, if you're continuing to live in a new marriage? And that was kind of our, okay, so let's follow this thought. So then that means that we need to go instruct or at least encourage all 
Well, and this is where this is where the link. This is where the video comes in of the other. Well, that's what I was gonna say. YouTuber. So then, so then, does that mean? So we were talking to someone. I said, okay, well, let's just follow that thought then. So if living, if being remarried and being in that marriage, you are living in perpetual sin, right? To the point that you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. You are not repented of your sins. Right. So if we are following that thought, let's look at the reality of that. So is that now saying that every we need to go to every woman who is remarried, and, and we're doing, we were talking about the women specifically, but we need to go to every woman who is remarried and instruct or at least strongly encourage her that if she truly loves Christ and she truly is following the Lord, that she now needs to file for divorce again, regardless of children, regardless of, of anything. She needs to now file for divorce and be on her own if she cannot reconcile with her first husband because she is now living in perpetual sin. So that means she probably has to go back to work. She can't be a keeper at home. Her children have to go through divorce. I mean, you go through the whole thing of that. And, and the answer that we've gotten widely was, yeah, I mean, it really sucks. But yeah, that's what you have to do. Christ should be more important than any of those And that's things. how we, this, this is how we got to this view was that, or to deeper into this view that this is actually a thing that, people are teaching and something that was recommended to us do you want to talk about that was a youtube channel and uh, i've said it so many times before and i don't say it arrogantly i've said it about myself i've said it about warning people about youtube preachers or youtube ministries and in in online ministries i've go back and search our podcasts oh, and yeah, i've done plenty of podcasts <laughs> on that so don't comment well you can't so Anyway, go back and look at those and listen to those first because I place myself in that along with that. One thing that is extremely unfortunate, as everybody knows, is this gives a platform to anybody. Anybody with an internet connection. Anybody with yeah. an internet connection that reads their Bible, gets hooked up with a teacher that can learn some things, and all of a sudden they're an internet theologian. I've, I've said this many times. And this is one thing that you really, really have to caution about YouTube and online ministry and all of these things yeah. is this type of thing. Because this is the first red flag that you always see. They're always out there claiming something is truth because it's something that they've discovered. So they've discovered and they've got to share it with the world. But it turns out that what they've discovered has actually been a very debated doctrine since the early church. So it's, it's nothing new that you found, and it's nothing that we should be doing. And this, but this is taught as a newer doctrine, that this perpetual adultery. Yes. And that's what this whole channel was about. This girl actually, or, I mean... This, this, I'm praying for her. I yeah, am. Absolutely. Because this is dangerous, but I'm also, I'm not going to name drop anything, but I'm definitely rebuking it. And anybody that knows or, or can follow this link or, or find this information out there, but I'm not going to give her the time of day because this is dangerous. She literally is out there. You can tell she does not have solid a solid theological background as far as teaching 
the way that she just goes about things, the way that she's applying verses to things, you can tell that she just doesn't have a solid background. That doesn't mean she doesn't understand. That doesn't mean she's wrong on everything that she teaches or, or says. That just means that you can tell that she doesn't have a solid theological background. I'm sure people at times can tell that I don't have a complete, I do have a solid theological background, but I don't have like a, a doctorate. Ma- yeah. I yeah. don't have like, I'm not RC Sproul or I'm not anybody. Definitely not even remotely close to that. I don't even pretend to be close to that, but you, you definitely can tell the way that people apply things, the types of things that they say, the things that they, and, and it's always these just, newer doctrines that have been hidden that you know you haven't been told the truth on and they've discovered these things and these are your first red flags on anything and this always happens with these and this girl literally was saying and she did it and that's the thing that's just tragic and that's what just got me to just well she was saying that i'm I'm getting there it got me to rip my robe but what she did is she was married when she was young. She got divorced because it was stupid. It was young. It was something that she wasn't supposed to do. Then she got remarried again. Or I mean remarried to yeah. somebody else. Had a relationship. Had kids. That she is in perpetual sh- sin. She divorces. And now is on her own. Yeah, so she can walk with Christ now. So because, she can walk with and Christ. so the point of the story being that to stay in your second marriage is perpetual sin. So therefore, you need to divorce and get out of it at all costs, regardless of kids, regardless of anything. Because if you are truly going to walk with Christ and to follow his ways, inherit the kingdom of heaven, you know, all the things, obviously, to go with that, you cannot do so if you are in this perpetual sin so they state so that's the the topic that well it's and then they they recommend that they you go and either reconcile with your original first marriage yes or remain in the remain situation single. that you're in otherwise remain single remains yeah. single don't that's stay what I mean. yeah yeah, yeah. don't stay in the situation you're in do not stay remarried because you're living in perpetual sin you must remain single yeah if you cannot be reconciled until you're original spouse has died if your original if your first spouse has died so like after your dad died technically your mom then would have been able to go and get right. remarried type of a, a topic so the first point is that type of statement in telling people that they are committing adultery while still remaining in their current marriage if they i mean you're being first that's modern day phariseeism yeah. Just to start off is what that is. That's straight out of Matthew 23, 4. And you are tying up heavy burdens and placing them on people's shoulders that they cannot bear by saying that. And that's why this is so touchy. Is is the fact true that, yes, remarriage and being in an act of the the marriage itself, the remarriage itself is an act of adultery? Yes. That's that's where it stops. It it doesn't continue. This is not this is not a perpetual act of adultery. And we've got I mean, 
that's like I said, that's the problem with these 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 ministries and, and that you have to be careful for, including ours. I have to make that completely clear. If I ever come off and say something like that, like red flag that. Most I can disagree with it. Scripture. You can, you know, what? But if I'm saying something like that and denying the kingdom to people based off of them being adulterers and bringing First Corinthians six nine into it, saying that the sexually immoral nor idolaters adulterers will inherit the kingdom of God, and you're clumping people that even have repented even if the person repents and says man i messed up but i still love my spouse sure i'm gonna and i'm my children i have with my spouse and it doesn't matter you're they say that you're still living in sin that's where i'm saying back up for a minute that that's if you're saying that that person must break up the union and you're saying that the union is not no longer legitimate you're that's heresy that's absolute heresy if this person repented this is not a perpetual sin like homosexuality this is completely different because if we're not forgiven for our sins, then what's the point of the cross? If I can't, if I can't, Paul tells us in Corinthians, first Corinthians seven twenty four, remain in whatever condition that you're called. So let's say, for instance, that you're not a believer when you married your first spouse, got divorced, married to your new spouse, had kids, whatever, then became a believer, and then realized, oh, man, I've been divorced and I remarried. I'm in adultery. Lord, please forgive me. I'm in adultery. I was an adulterer. Your sins are forgiven. Go ahead. Your sins are forgiven. There's nothing in there that's an additional requirement for you to do something. Now you're skating on salvation by works, and you have got to be careful with that because you're saying there's a re additional requirement to the forgiveness of sin. So now I must break the current union that I'm in because that you say that I'm in perpetual adultery, so I must break the legitimate union because we can get in an argument on who recognizes the union. Well, God recognizes the union. Okay, but then we always point to the state is recognizing the union. We had this argument last night. Well, yeah, because if I say, okay, well, we're married. Well, we're not legally married, but in our hearts we believe we're married. We, we went before God and we came together as man and wife before God. Does that right. count? Or do I have to be legally married? Right. Do I have to have a marriage certificate from my governing country in order for me to actually be married? What's the biblical What's, case yeah. for this? Yeah. Because then it just points out to the legitimate 
oversight of God overseeing the, the union of two people. Yeah. And that's what the, the governing states are set up to supposed to do. So that's what we recognize as it. That's the answer to it. But still, you, you can't play this, this game with it by saying that it's just perpetual and, and it's not forgiven. Because then, where does it stop? Then nobody can be saved. Yeah. Because if a divorced person finds Christ and is remarried, not a believer, and is remarried and finds Christ, what must that per or or hasn't found Christ yet? I'm sorry, no, unbeliever who's going to ch all of a sudden wants to find Christ. What she what must she do to be saved? Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for these things. Repent. Turn from her ways. And that's where these people would say then that in order to repent and turn from her ways, if she is remarried, that would include divorce. But. Because she is living in an adulterous state. But it's heretical to say that repentance is required for salvation. That's true. Because it's not. The Holy Spirit leads you to repentance, yeah. and you do repent, but it's not required before salvation. Matter of fact, repentance is a lifetime thing uh, that you go with. You, I mean, it's, you're, you're always learning this. It's never made perfect. Well, yeah, you don't just repent once and then like. No, you check that it's, I mean you're list. going That's over and over, but it's not state. made perfect. But you can't, you can't say that because then that's again you're adding requirements to salvation. Yeah. And that's exactly, and you, and it's not just this, but one thing. No, you're not. You're not living in adultery if you identify the fact that yes, I committed adultery by the remarriage. Forgive me for that. But to say that God won't bless and God doesn't bless and God doesn't legitimize your current marriage. That's heretical. There's no biblical bas basis for that statement whatsoever. The verses that they go and claim, you can get into a theological argument that lasts 12 hours about this. And it's ridiculous. Because at the end of the day, it goes back to, what must I do to be saved? Call upon the name of the Lord. There's no conditions with this. And you can't put that burden on somebody. So if somebody's in the remarriage, Paul says in 1 Corinthians... To let him remain or her remain in the situation that they are in. Don't seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Well, and if, Why would you seek to remove a legitimized healthy marriage? Well, and if Christ's burdens are so light, I'm like, man, 
having to destroy my children's home to tear my family apart to leave my spouse to now go back to the workplace because i was a keeper at home and was a biblical submissive wife but now i have to be divorced. that that's some pretty heavy well, see, yoke you the got thing going is, is there, there's buddy. two things for this number one this is a little bit personal for me but number two this is a serious issue in a churchy topic that we must speak on and i know this is going to, I mean, this whole, I'm not getting in an argument with the Catholic Church uh, any about this. I'm not getting in an argument no, about anybody No, but the thing that made it this. painful was people who are within our church family, that they are in your flock, saw these comments and these and messages were being left. And they were by multiple by people that were leaving these comments right. on our stuff, which you know when you talk about stuff, all the crazies come out of the woodworks. You guys would not believe some of the messages we got this week. It was just insanity. But all these messages start getting left, and then we start getting messages from our church. Yeah. What's it? I mean, people hurt. People coming going, and going, what, what's this? Are you Who telling me that for, I'm not, yeah. I didn't, I love the Lord. I know I was, I've repented. Like, I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven because I can't leave my husband. I can't, I, what did that do to my children, you know? And then you have people sitting there going, hey, that's the cost of following Christ. So that's where it's like, okay. And that this, is not what Christ meant whatsoever. Gosh, I cannot rebuke that comment enough. He meant that that is taking that and twisting that for your agenda. Christ saying that whoever leaves mother, brother, son. Okay. For him. Yes. For him to follow Christ. That does not mean that you literally and put this for your agenda to fit telling somebody, well, you're going to, you got to lose your kids. Uh, it's all for God. No, your spouse. no, no, I can't. Mm, I can't rebuke that enough. I, I can't disassociate myself with that type of comment enough. And I warn the brother that stated that. I warn him well, kindly. Well, and the sister because that's what she goes on to in all of her videos. And the sister too. Because this is, oh my gosh, this is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, you, you what you're doing by saying that, do you know how many people's lives that you could be destroying by saying that? How many, I don't know how many people have listened to this, this woman truthfully and done these things. I don't know how much this, this gentleman that comments, I, I don't know how much they, they, they invest into this. They say to each their own, but yet you're stating, and you're stating your opinion is fact and then going, well, I guess, you know, everybody has their view on it. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Answer the question. You, What you're doing is you're pointing a finger at somebody. Somebody, like I said, that's within even my flock. And you're saying to them that they are adulterers and they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is where I have major, major issues. I don't advocate... I don't teach divorce. I te we teach we teach the biblical model for it, but to take Jesus's statements and twist them is just an just an absolute ignorant interpretation 
of the text. Even, even in a literal interpretation, you can understand what Jesus is saying. So you don't use the same biblical hermeneutic when you're saying in looking at Jesus when he says, judge not. Well, he's not saying don't ever judge somebody, is he? Nope. But that's what it says, right? Yeah. This is the same argument. And then you point back to Levitical law. Yeah, if this was the Levitical law, we all should be dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so thank Christ, we literally thank Christ that we're not. But then you're just, you're placing on, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that there is one doctrine other than something that is strictly heretical, which would be anything taking away the divinity of Christ, adding to the word, anything like that. There's not one issue that I point to saying that you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Heck, I don't even say that about preterists. I don't even say that about post-millennialists, all yeah. millennial. I, I, replacement theologians. I would never say, in fact, R.C. Sproul, one of my favorites, I said, you know what, he, he's, I guarantee you in his meeting, he was, Jesus was probably like, really, dude? Really? Really? But I didn't doubt that he is up there or with Christ right now that I mean this just blows my mind because there's not one single doctrine that I would point other than a specific heresy which I've clearly pointed out like with the gen hat maker like with I've clearly pointed these things out but as far as people that have different views or different interpretations on different things and uh, there's not one thing that I would say that somebody's not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven on yet things that I saw and heard were making these statements and that is dangerous and I don't want to see anybody judged especially somebody that has a platform and this is why I was going nuts last night on on this this YouTuber because James 3:1 kept just pumping through my head not many of you should become teachers my brothers for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness He doesn't ever say sisters in there which is although it was a sister so, teaching but <laughs> that's besides we'll, we'll, the point we'll get on that that's besides the point. I mean, there was also no statements either that she was teaching men specifically. So I guess I can't, I, I don't sure. want to make any snide comments about that or make any false accusations because that's, that could be a small, that whatever. Maybe she's, maybe she knows the difference. Um, and she's just half as a platform for women. I don't know. Cause that's what she talks about is mostly one women stuff, but sure. I, I'm not here to, to pick anybody out or to put anybody on blast other than saying that, to these this brother and sister that you, with these platforms and if people are listening to you speak all of a sudden you've become a teacher regardless of you want to or not people are listening to you and they view you as a teacher regardless of whether that or not that's what you're attempting that's what people look at you as 
So when you're saying these types of things, you know that you're going to get judged by leading how many ever people that you have down these things. And you have to say, am I okay with with telling anybody that they're not going to inherit the kingdom based off of a completely, to me, just ignorant view of the text? But no, I'm not. Yet, you're turning around and saying that somebody that is doing this is an adulterer and cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And answer the question directly and say, well, you know, it, it is what it is to follow Christ. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, no. Um, man, we got some serious issues. So, I just... Um, Want to go through these articles? I warn them, and let's go through these articles because I want to, in this, I want to assure my listeners and the people that I know that are listening to this that are were curious or upset by these comments and wanted a statement on these comments. These articles or these sources here. And then we've got a bunch of scriptural references for everything. Um, so stick around. All right. So the first one here, again, we'll link everything down below. We just wanted to touch on these so that way you guys could get um, some addi additional information to go and research whether you don't agree with us or you're confused now as to where this leaves you or whatever the case may be. So this first article says, if a Christian gets a divorce and remarries, is he or she guilty of a continuous sin for as long as the new marriage continues? And it says any marriage that takes place following a divorce while the ex-spouse is still alive is an act of adultery, according to Jesus. But is the marriage invalid? Does the couple continue to commit adultery for as long as they remain married? Does God require the couple divorced to correct for the earlier sin of adultery? In a word, no. Jesus says this in Matthew 19. Matthew 19.9 says, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. It's important to recognize that Jesus didn't say that the new marriage after the divorce was adultery, i.e. the marriage itself is adulterous. Rather, Jesus said that the one who enters into a marriage after divorce commits adultery, i.e. the person is guilty of sin for having married again. In other words, the institution itself isn't sinful or illegitimate, but rather the person's choice to enter into the institution was sin, yet the institution itself is still valid. In fact, Jesus said the man marries another woman. Jesus' choice of words makes a clear a new union has been formed. And once a marriage is formed through an exchange of vows and one flesh relationship, a valid covenant is established and must be honored like all marriages. The man and woman are expected to remain faithful to each other until death. We see this principle at work in many places in the Bible, including in the account of Jacob. Jacob was deceived into marrying Leah instead of Rachel. Did this mean his marriage with Leah was invalid? No. Furthermore, Jacob wrongly continued to pursue marriage with Rachel despite already being married to Leah. Jacob's eventual marriage to Rachel was formed through an act of idolatry against Leah, yet the Bible never discredits Jacob's later marriages. They are viewed as in Scripture as entirely valid unions. Therefore, every marriage covenant must be honored, even one that is formed through an act of adultery. Moreover, adultery does not describe the act of sex per se, but rather the breaking of a marriage vow through an act of sex. 
Once a marriage vow has been broken by an act of adultery, it cannot be said to be rebroken each time the couple has sex. It was simply broken once regardless of how many times sex took place. So while the consequences of adultery may last forever, the act itself is over in a moment. For example, murder is a sin that occurs in a moment, yet results in consequences that continue afterward. The murder victim remains dead thereafter, right? Nevertheless, we wouldn't say that the sin of murder That's, is continuous that was simply because the victim one remains thing that dead. I was going to bring up before this article hit on it, but yeah. We understand that the sinful act occurred in a moment yet has resulted in ongoing consequences. Likewise, we don't say that the adultery is continuous because someone remains married to a new spouse following divorce. We understand that the marriage was formed through an act of adultery in a moment, resulting in a new marriage that is valid and must be honored thereafter. So when a person remarries following a divorce, that person commits adultery against the first spouse. At the same time, they enter into a legitimate marriage that is binding for life. The person may not divorce the second spouse even to seek reconciliation with the first spouse since this would be a new act of sin. And the Lord doesn't command us to commit new sins in an effort to correct past sins. And there's no biblical, there's no biblical basis for stating the fact that, okay, well, commit it another sin to make right the first sin because this annuls the first there, there's well, no this next again. passage we're going to get into is the point that this morning you were like how can you get to that when you look at this so uh, listen okay. to this in fact god's word does not even allow a first marriage to be reconciled once a second marriage has been formed moses taught israel that if a couple divorces and then one remarries the first marriage may never be reconciled so go to deuteronomy 24 verse 1 through 4 when a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out from his house, and she leaves his house and goes and becomes another man's wife. And if the latter husband turns against her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies who took her to be his wife, then her former husband who sent her away is not allowed to take her again to be his wife since she has been defiled. For that is an abomination before the Lord, and you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance." A woman who divorces and remarries and then divorces a second time was not permitted to return to her first husband, even if he would have her. The woman's second marriage precluded reconciliation with her first husband because she was required to honor her second marriage until death, and reconciliation with her first husband would require an act of adultery against her second husband. This is further proof to us that God views a second marriage as legitimate and binding. In short, every marriage is considered legitimate, and the Lord expects us to honor whatever marriage we have. Even though a second marriage is considered an act of adultery, the sin of adultery is not ongoing because the new marriage is valid. Therefore, the new marriage is legitimate and must be honored. If a Christian has divorced and remarried, he or she should acknowledge and repent of the sin of adultery, and then both spouses should honor the new, par new marriage in peace, knowing that they are forgiven their sins in Christ, from that point forward, they must commit to remaining faithful to this new marriage until death. That would be article number one that, again, I think makes everything very clear. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, that's pretty much our statement. Oh, I guess that was the, art, the kind of the argument that we just had. There's no there's no absolutely no requirement that you do that. And then to state that somebody did is just 
scary. Go ahead. So the next article, again, is just another great one going. That says, what is the status of a Christian who divorces without biblical grounds, so without biblical grounds, and remarries? Is he living in perpetual adultery? What about the concept of forgiveness? If someone has remarried unbiblically and seeks forgiveness, is he forgiven? So in Matthew 5, 31 through 32, Jesus says, It has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Which I understand that a lot of people in this camp that you are living in perpetual sin, they take that scripture to mean something completely different. I understand that. Um, we're not, we don't have the time to go into all of these things right now, <laughs> but just yeah, know no. that yes, before I, you yes, freak I out, realize we know that. that you under, yeah. So, uh, and again, that's why we're not just talking about our understanding of these things, but we are going to people that are far smarter than any of us will ever be <laughs> and looking at this and seeing how, you know, it all comes together. So, well, and I was telling you, and we, I don't have, I don't think we'll, we'll bring it up, but I was just telling you before, like even the most conservative Bible um, commentaries don't have it. Don't that way. render these verses the way that these camps do. And that's usually a red flag because no Bible commentaries aren't perfect. And there's plenty of holes in plenty of Bible commentaries. There's many of them that are actual heretical. Sure. Um, but then there's like, like I said, like the ESV one. That one is is the the story behind it is really cool. Um, there's over 200 scholars that worked on everything that went into all of the commentaries. So I mean, this is something from people with a lot of different backgrounds and people that have you know suits and ties and PhDs and, <laughs> and stuff on their walls. Um, worked on and these are just you know they're not you know they're not scripture by any means but they're interpretations of generally understood interpretations of the text they're not wackos they're not crazy so when that's that's sh that's a major red flag if they if it doesn't fit in line even with the basic interpretations of something mm -hmm. That's number one, where. you see, does it weigh with all of Scripture? Mm -hmm. And then number two, if it, I mean, I mean, like I said, your basic commentaries don't translate it like that. Yeah. But for some reason, these do. So we understand the argument with that, but we're not going to get into that right now. So it says, Jesus is saying that the act of remarriage is an act of adultery. I believe we're all in agreement there. Correct. That act We've is an act of adultery. We've never argued that point. Not at all. He is not teaching that the ongoing relationship with the new spouse is a state of perpetual adultery, as if God refused to recognize the remarriage as legitimate in any sense. If that were the case, if the ongoing physical relationship between the remarried couple con constituted one long, contentious, adulterous affair, the proper remedy and the only way to end the chain of adultery would be to dissolve the second marriage and insist that everyone return to his or her original spouse. On the contrary, Scripture teaches that the new marriage is now binding. In order to avoid further acts of adultery, the remarried person needs to remain faithful to the new spouse. 
As a matter of fact, in the same passage where Moses permitted husbands to issue a certificate of divorce, the law added this restriction. When she is departed from his house and goes and becomes another man's wife, if the latter husband detests her and writes her certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand and sends her out of the house, or if the latter husband dies, who took her as a wife, then her former husband who divorced her must not take her back to be his wife after she has been defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord. Again, see that passage of Deuteronomy clears this up. Clearly, the second marriage, whether biblically justified or not, becomes as binding as the original marriage was supposed to be. A return to the original spouse is strictly forbidden. So Jesus' words in Matthew 5.32 and Mark 10.11 and 12 mean simply that the entering into an illegitimate remarriage is an adulterous act. Nevertheless, once the new marriage covenant is sealed, the remarried couple needs to remain married and be faithful to one another. Their ongoing physical relationship is not to be thought of as perpetual adultery. On the other hand, as long as they remain unrepentant about the illegitimate remarriage, they cannot expect God's blessing on their marriage. Like all sins, that unauthorized remarriage must be confessed and repented of. Because marriage entails a covenant that God deems holy, any remarriage, even remarriage after an unbiblical divorce, cannot be and should not be forsaken as we would forsake virtually any other sin. But people who have entered into such a relationship do need to seek God's forgiveness with sincere repentance. Amen. And yes, God does grant forgiveness for such sins to those who seek his pardon in Christ. Amen. Like, that's across the board. All right, I'll go ahead and read this article as well by Got Questions. We love their great resource. And then we'll link a bunch of stuff down in the um, show notes on this because, again, I, we're taking up forever on this topic really to go over the, the same very basic points. So the topic uh, that it has here is remarriage after divorce, always adultery. Before I even begin to answer this question, let us reiterate. God hates divorce. Malachi 2.16. It's very clear. The pain, Amen. yeah, the pain, confusion, frustration most people experience after a divorce are surely part of the reason that God hates divorce. Even more difficult biblically than the question of divorce is the question of remarriage. The vast majority of people who divorce either remarry or consider getting remarried. So what does the Bible say about this? Matthew 19.9 says, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. Also Matthew 5.32 that we were just discussing. These scriptures clearly state that remarriage after a divorce is adultery except in the instance of marital unfaithfulness. In regards to this exception clause and its implications, please read the following articles and they are linked on there that you guys can get down there. So if that's the situation you're in, plenty of resources for you. It is our view that there are certain instances in which divorce and remarriage are permitted without the remarriage being considered adultery. These instances would include unrepentant adultery and abandonment of a believing spouse by an unbelieving spouse. We are not saying that a person under such circumstances should remarry. The Bible definitely encourages remaining single or reconciliation over remarriage. In 1 Corinthians 7, really 7.11 is the specific, but all of that chapter 7 deals with really all of these things. It makes it pretty cut and dry. At the same time, it is our view that God offers his mercy and grace to the innocent party in a divorce and allows that person to remarry. A person who gets a divorce for a reason other than the reasons listed above and then gets remarried has committed adultery, Luke 16:18. The question then becomes, is this remarriage an act of adultery or a state of adultery? 
The present tense of the Greek in Matthew 5.32, 19.9, and Luke 16.18 can indicate a continuous state of adultery. At the same time, the present tense in Greek does not always indicate a continuous action. Sometimes it simply means that something occurred. For example, the word divorces in 532 is present tense, but divorcing is not a continual action. It is our view that remarriage, no matter the circumstances, is not a continual state of adultery. Only the act of getting remarried itself is adultery. In the Old Testament law, the punishment for adultery was death. That's Leviticus 20.10. At the same time, Deuteronomy 24, 1-4 mentions remarriage after a divorce, does not call it adultery, and does not demand the death penalty for the remarried spouse. The Bible explicitly says that God hates divorce, but nowhere explicitly states that God hates remarriage. The Bible nowhere commands a remarried couple to divorce. Deuteronomy 24, 1-4 does not describe the remarriage as invalid. Ending a remarriage through divorce would be just as sinful as ending a first marriage through divorce, but would include the breaking of vows before God, between the couple, and in front of witnesses. No matter the circumstances, once a couple is remarried, they should strive to live out their married lives in fidelity in a God-honoring way with Christ at the center of their marriage. A marriage is a marriage. God does not view the new marriage as invalid or adulterous. A remarried couple should devote themselves to God and to each other and honor Him by making their new marriage a lasting and Christ-centered one. Ephesians 22 through 33 um, really breaks down that that role of there between the husband and wife as well. So that's a whole lot of stuff, but hopefully that helps. Yeah, sorry, my mic was on mute, and I didn't want to start talking, and you're going to start yelling at me? Yes. Because, yeah, um, I mean, we have lots of scripture to look at and weigh in this issue. And, you, I mean, there's there's just so many things that, that you have to, that do not line up with telling somebody that they need to get out of their current marriage if they are remarried. That's absolute insanity. And they definitely, this is, these articles have stated what we started off by saying in the beginning. They just kind of summed them up a little bit nicer. We'll go ahead and link them for anybody that wants an actual resource. And if there's anything that we can do to help you specifically, uh, please reach out and let us know. Like we said, we're not we're not here to fight and argue with people because we believe Scripture makes it pretty clear, and you can read it for yourself and take it to prayer and conviction um, with it. But if there's something that we can do for you, please reach out. Um, APHomeChurch at gmail.com is our email address. So if there is something that you are struggling with and you would like prayer and help and counsel on, you can always reach out to Brandon. We're happy to you know help in any way that we can. So anything else you want to add to that? I didn't think that's what we'd be working on today, but <laughs> no. But I had considering to, like I said, the influx of messages this week, this you know, is where we're and at. I definitely don't want anybody in in our family here to to worry or be upset about it or to get you know no. It yeah. definitely was something that shouldn't have happened, but if you've realized that, you're repentant of that, regardless. You're forgiven like everybody else. And if you're not, we're all in trouble. Yeah, basically. Yep. 
All right, guys. We'll see you all next time.